Arizona, Arizona Sports, the local sports, local leader. sports leader, Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset, brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals, 4 o'clock reset. Yeah, so we're going to start the 4 o'clock reset with that tweet from Pete Thamel that Eric just read off because we were just talking a minute ago about Ray Anderson and Michael Crow, and I mean, literally, as soon as we got done with the conversation, Thamel sends out this tweet, right? ASU President Michael Crow tells ESPN that the school remains committed to Athletic Director Ray Anderson. Quote, Ray is our VP for University of Athletics. We are in the thick of making things work here, and Ray is moving things forward. Close quote. <laughs> Ray, Ray's moving things, but he's moving them backwards. Anderson is under contract through February of 2026. Oh, my goodness. Anderson himself has been kind of ambiguous about his role in hiring ASU's new football coach, saying he'd be involved, but he didn't exactly know the structure of how that process would work. So apparently, Michael Crow, based off of Cartman's Chris Cartman from SendableSource.com, his column, and then the speculation that maybe Ray Anderson was approaching the end of days for his reign there, felt compelled to give Pete Thamel a quote with, nope, Ray Anderson's not going anywhere. He's that guy. He's moving things f- f- backwards. Yeah, he's moving <laughs> things moving his f- f- laterally. Oh. Yeah. From side to side yeah, to side to side. We're doing really well. Really well. We... I thought you didn't drink, Gambo. Yeah. <laughs> About to set the lowest attendance record in the history of this stadium. It does sound like Gambo's been drinking a little bit there. Uh, so that is the latest on that. Interesting that Michael Crow, president of ASU, steps uh, up to... So here's what it's going to take. Uh, here's what it's going to take. It's going to take a new president. Well. Man, can somebody hire Michael Crow? Like, if you can get rid of Michael Crow, you can get a president in here that might care enough about sports to hire the right people so the programs can be good. I think we're looking at the wrong thing. I don't think it's Herman Ray. I think they got to find somebody needs to get Michael Crow to Ohio State or Notre Dame or somewhere like that. They're printing money over at ASU. I'm sure they don't really want him to go anywhere. Get a new president. They'll be fine. It is Suns Day here on Arizona Sports. The Phoenix Suns hosting the defending NBA champ Golden State Warriors. As far as injuries go, both teams are somewhat healthy. The Warriors are going to be missing Dante DiVincenzo for this one. He hurt himself against the Kings a couple nights ago. No Andre Iguodala as well. Ish Wainwright is going to be out for the Suns. And, of course, another test for Chris Paul. The athletic Sam Amick was on Bickley and Murata today talking about father time and how it's been creeping up on CB3. Oklahoma City first got Chris. They sat in a room with he and his personal team, like his agent and a bunch of his people. And, and Sam Presti and his Thunder front office had a PowerPoint presentation that they shared with Chris that, that had all this stuff about what typically happens to point guards who at that time are, you know, he's looking at 35-year-old, not 37. Mm-hmm. And, and Chris, of course, kind of like, you know, didn't take kindly to this and decided to prove everybody wrong. And he has to this point. But there's a reason that the data looked the way it looked in that presentation. He did defy it, um, but the reality is not a lot of players at 37 years old played the amount of games as a starting point guard. Only seven guys in the history of the league have done that, what Chris Paul's doing right now. Yeah. Hard to do. In the meantime, uh, also tonight, Phoenix is going retro and rocking those purple sunburst jerseys. Somebody actually asked Mikel Bridges about it today. Is there any anticipation for wearing the uh, sunburst jerseys tonight? We are wearing those. Yeah. I thought it was funny. Oh, uh, they're tonight. They're they're tonight. Tonight. The purple ones. Yeah. <laughs> I had a feeling. I, I had a weird feeling we was wearing those today. Um, 
No, those are dope. I'm excited for sure. Um, I think just watching the Suns and watching like Steve Nash and them and them jerseys, like, yeah, it's crazy to have our own one. So I'm excited. He's like, what are the Phillies colors? Can we just wear red? Can we wear red and white and maybe a little light blue? He did talk today about how challenging it was going to be to, you know, not want to watch every single minute of the World Series, you know, when he's working and they're playing at the same time. Yeah, there's there's that. Uh, you don't just call in sick like that, do you? You can't no. just call in sick. Like a normal, like a lot of us with real, like with normal jobs, like we could do that. Hmm? We could do that. Call in sick to watch the team in the World Series. Bonnie, Bonnie, I'm a little under the weather. I'm not going to make the game tonight. Plus, he's got that little Iron Man streak going as yeah. well. Wouldn't want to quite see that in. Something else that we haven't mentioned yet. This is De'Aaron Fox, the Kings point guard. He yeah. was on the Draymond Green show podcast last week. He was asked if he's ever thought about playing with Devin Booker. I'll for sure look back at it and like, I probably, it could have worked because that's the, that's the year that uh, Blood had tweeted, yo, I don't want to be here no more. So they traded both of them my rookie year traded both of them and even that year I didn't think about it but like three four years later I'm like that actually me and book would have been a would have been a nice backcourt so I've definitely thought about it before I will tell you, I will tell you this 1000% and this is this is how I know he didn't get his Robert Sarver wanted the Aaron Fox 1000% 1000% he wanted Fox but he let you know Ryan make the choice and they went with Josh Jackson that was the Markel Fultz, Lonzo Ball, Jason Tatum top three. The Suns ended up with Josh Jackson. The Aaron Fox went next to Sacramento. Sarver wanted Fox. Well, here's one more for you then. New Boston was going to take JT. And then next was Phoenix. And Phoenix at the time had just gave, they just gave Brandon Knight like 80 million. Uh-huh. Uh, Eric Bledsoe was on a crazy deal. So I'm like, I was supposed to have a workout for him. like, should I work out for them? Like, y'all got 150 M's going to two point guards. I'm like, I don't want to do that, so I cancel my workout. <laughs> God. Could have had the Aaron Fox. Yeah, but then you never would have had Chris Paul, and who knows where all this would have gone. You probably would have had Chris Paul. And who knows where all no, this would have gone. probably would not have had him. Yeah. No Cardinals game uh, today, obviously. No practice today, I meant to say. But they do continue to prepare for the 5-1 Vikings, who are coming off the full bye. The man calling the plays for the Cardinals defense, Zayvon Collins, talking about the Vikings today. I mean, Dalvin Cook is crazy. Uh, Justin Jefferson's a really great athlete. Kirk Cousins is a great game manager, great quarterback. Um, you know, it's just it's the NFL. It's week after week. You're not going to be like, man, this guy sucks. It's like, that's what people ask me all the time. It's like, who's the best? I was like, they're all good. I mean, what are you going to say? They're all good. I mean, even the guys are, maybe they're not big name guys, but they're still, they all have their traits. They all have their, you know, abilities that put them in that first, first position spot. So I think, you know, just dissecting that offense and then just trying to take away what we can and, uh, Back him into a corner. Good offense, loaded with good players. Yeah, and the last time the Cardinals won in Minnesota, Jim Hart was the quarterback against Fran Tarkenton. Hey, go look that up. And there was this movie uh, that was out in the theaters. Maybe you heard of it. It was called Star Wars. It just came out. Yeah, It just came out. It was really good. Yeah, More local action tonight. The puck just dropped for Coyotes Blue Jackets. You can hear that one in action for free on the Arizona Sports app and ESPN 620. In former Coyotes news, 35-year-old Phil Kessel tied the NHL record for consecutive games played. Monday's matchup against the Maple Leafs was game number 989 for a streak that started all the way back on November 3rd, 2009. Yep, when he was on the Toronto Maple Leafs. 
Uh, so that uh, that tied the record that, that Keith Yandel had last season. And he's scheduled to play in his 990th straight game. He'd have sole possession of the Ironman streak when they take on the San Jose Sharks on Tuesday. Uh, for the Diamondbacks, their unlucky streak with the health of their top prospects is, continued yesterday. Shortstop Jordan Lawler's fall league season is over. He has a fractured scapula, the, the bone plate in the back of your shoulder. He's going to miss six to eight weeks, according to Arizona Farm Director Josh Barfield. It won't impact his preparation for next year. I mean, other than his fall season is over. He'll be back for spring training. Also, in more injury news, lefty Caleb Smith has a ligament tear in his left elbow and is considering not getting surgery, which might mean he's a candidate to not be tendered by the Diamondbacks, potentially. Yeah, they've got seven or eight guys that kind of kind of figure that out with, well, that's incredible. Like, all these young players with the D-backs always getting hurt. He's got a bright future with Arizona, though. He will be there, expected to be their future shortstop. And we got clarification today from the NFL and Mike Evans about that autograph request oh, that he got from a referee. Okay. It wasn't an autograph. He wasn't signing an autograph. He was giving his number to the official because they were talking about golf, and apparently he might play in a golf tournament or something mm, along God. those lines. So it was not an autograph. And then finally, a couple of other quick notes. ASU interim head coach Sean Aguano said he's going to take over play-calling duties for at least this week as the Sun Devils take on Colorado. At least he was calling plays at practice today. He should. I mean, he is he's too, fighting tooth and nail to try to prove that he belongs as the head coach of this team going forward, so he might as well do that. Yeah, and then a Moscow court rejected Brittany Griner's appeal of her nine-year sentence on drug charges today. Completely anticipated. Everybody thought that's what was going to happen. U.S. officials have said they believe Russia will eventually send her home in a prisoner swap, but they have expressed frustration that has not happened yet. She was arrested all the way back in February. Custom officials found the vape cartridges uh, containing the hashish oil. She pleaded guilty, and her her uh, appeal was rejected today. I heard Bickley and Murata talking about like now that now they might put her in like these these separate type like jails that are very like you know they're filthy and diseases and just they're really tough on prisoners because now that the appeal is over they could send her to another I forgot what it was called but they could send her to a different type of uh, of, of detention place or or, or jail wow I I, had, I forgot what it was called I, I had not I heard remember. that yeah I had not heard that that is our four o'clock reset here on the Burns in Gamo show when we come back big matchup tonight in the valley and of course there's a lot to talk about when the Warriors take on the Suns we will ask Ramona Shelburne of ESPN all of the important questions and hear what she has to say next on Burns and Gambo. Sunday presented by YRefi.com. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Back here on the Burns and Gambo Show, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader here on this Tuesday tonight. Suns taking on the Golden State Warriors. It's Suns Day around here. We uh, term it that when we've got a big game coming up. There's a lot of big games coming up for the Suns early on in the season. The schedule is filled with them, but anytime the defending champs come in and a Pacific Division rival at that, these were, after all, two teams that we sort of expected were going to square off in the Western Conference Finals. We just assumed it was the birthright 
right all last year, right? We're going to catch up with Ramona Shelburne here in just a moment from ESPN. We called her and she was hopping in an elevator, uh, leaving ESPN Studios in Los Angeles. So as soon as we get her out of the elevator and get some clear reception, we'll chat with Ramona Shelburne. In fact, I think we're just about to get her on. But it's a big game tonight, to say the least. No, it, it, it is. I mean, these the, the, the Warriors, we were so looking forward to those three matchups last year when they played them. I was just thinking it would have been better if the Suns had played the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals and got swept in four games because they might have. The way the Suns were playing last year and then the way the Warriors were playing, I mean, the Warriors might have had their number. They were the better team. But you still would have liked to have gotten that far. You felt that that team with the 64 wins, the franchise record, that they at least needed to get to the Western Conference Finals. Some people thought they at least needed to get to the NBA Finals again. Yeah, it's it's funny. we got to remember, and I'm glad you brought this up, it's not like the Suns are playing great against the Pelicans, and it's not like even the Suns had gotten past the Mavericks. I think even going into a Western Conference Finals against Golden State, we probably would have said, what's wrong with the Suns? They just don't look right. Something looks off about them. Um, anyway, we've got Ramona on now. She is our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. It's always a pleasure to welcome from ESPN, Ramona Shelburne, here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Ramona, how are you doing today? Thanks for your time. I'm Thanks, you got it. I'm good. What do you think? What do you think? Good early season matchup tonight. The Suns and the Warriors. A lot of people thought they would be in the Western Conference Finals last year. It didn't work out. But I know the Suns view the Warriors as a big threat and one of their biggest challenges. Yeah, you know it's interesting. It's almost like people forgot about the Suns this year. Um, When you know we were doing all our picks, like I know I take the Grizzlies and there's like oh high on the Pelicans, Warriors. Like there's a lot. Clippers are coming and. And people, like, the Suns went to the finals two years ago, and they have mostly the same team back. I know there's, you know, they had the big scandal and Jay Crowder, and then there's, you know, there's, there's a few other, but they're still a really good team. I think I think they're sort of forgotten amidst the hype for other teams. Um, and they haven't really, they didn't have a great preseason. There's, there's sort of been uneven. I would, I would call it uneven in the first part of the year, right? Um I caught them in L.A. when they played the Clippers. looked pretty good in that game. Yeah, Kawhi but, um, didn't start. Kawhi yeah. played seven minutes in the first half. That's not the same Clipper team that we'll see in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, it's not the same team. So it's like uneven, but like I think under the radar is just fine for them. I don't think they care. It's just, the big question for me is can they get DeAndre Ayton a little more involved offensively? Can he take a step forward? Um, is Chris Paul going to recapture that form he's had the last few years? Like, you know, they, they just – you don't need that answer right now. Like it'd be nice, no. but you know the, the the way this team is constructed is. Now, they just need to be at their best in the playoffs, and they certainly weren't last year. It is our biggest question here is Chris Paul. It's only three games, right? I mean, it's only some yeah. guys start off slow. One for 11 on three-pointers. He's not yeah. shooting the ball well. His usage rate is way down. I mean, you know, we're talking, is, is it is it is it because he's old and it's father time has finally caught up? Is it by design? I tend to think it's more of the age thing. We saw him kind of hit a wall last year against the Mavericks with all the pressure that they put on him. He was wasn't able to figure out how to play against them and really struggled. And so far, that's carried over into this season. Well, it has the season. It was, what's hard is last year, I felt like he was really good until the last few games. And, you know, we later found out he was dealing with some illness and he wasn't himself. So like, it wasn't that he turned 37 and got old, okay? That's not the right. I think it was also the way Dallas played him. And they just you know, found a way to make him uncomfortable in a way that worked. And other teams have now taken that page out of the book. They've just gone to that. And 
you know, when, when somebody comes up with a strategy against a star player that is successful, other people copy it. That's just the nature of this business. And so I think that's more of what's going on with Chris rather than he's old. And, you know, I, 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 I'm never going to say that about him. I said that when he was coming out of Houston and we were all so wrong that I, I think we'd be really stupid to say that now. Ramona Shelburne from ESPN, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Suns taking on the Warriors tonight. You mentioned DeAndre Ayton and the step that that everybody around here is hoping that he'll take. It was obviously a really interesting offseason with the contract extension, the, yeah. the max offer, things like that. It doesn't appear as if that's affecting things anymore. That kind of feels like water under the bridge at this point. Is that the impression that you're getting? I mean, you never really forget. Like, like, I mean, I don't know. Is, is it the contract or is it the the way he's being used within the system? Is it you know? It's all of the above to me. Um, you know, I don't. I don't. I think a lot of it is winning will will fix everything. Um, the way how I many touches he gets, I think the way that they play him will affect it. I, I wouldn't say that it's not affecting anything anymore because he's he's been you know he he worked out hard all summer. He's he obviously got paid not 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 the way he wanted to, um, but ult- you know they ended up in a place that that he's happy with, right? And and you know, I think there was some collateral, some damage done along the way that was sort of it wasn't productive. Like I don't know why they played it that way because now you have an upset player, but it's okay. They're there now, and if he gets the ball a certain amount of times again, and and they need him to, like that's the bigger the bigger point is that he can't just. It's not about whether his feelings are hurt or whatever. It's like they actually need him to play a larger role in the offense. They just do. They need more scoring. They don't have Jay Crowder anymore. They they don't have that tough guy down there to, to kind of defend him and 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 be a foil off of him or to hit outside shots to space the floor around him. Like they they don't they need him to get the ball. And I think he's a really good offensive player. They just need to get him the ball more in those in those spots and emphasize him more. Let, let, he certainly that'll keep him happy, right? As if you engage a big guy like that, they're a lot happier. Let's talk about how ridiculous this Jay Crowder situation is, Ramona. I mean, nobody's yeah. giving him an extension. Nobody's giving no Jay Crowder is not going to any team that trades from and they're gonna say, Hey, let's give you a three year deal. He's he had a chance to play for a great team right here. Um that there's a lot of players out there that never get that chance, and he doesn't want to be here because of the contract. I mean, how crazy is this? So weird, right? So weird. So, like I, I just, I remember hearing about it over the summer and I saw some tweets, you know, and then it, a couple of days later, it kind of came, and I was like, really? Like, like how did, how did, you very rarely see um, role players end up in situations like this, right? Um, and it, to me, it's, it sounds a little like uh, somebody should have been talking to him earlier getting through that message. I, now I think it's, it's going to be hard to trade for him, right? If you're somebody who's who's doing this, like it, it feels um, it feels really hard to trade for him, feeling like, okay, well, if I don't want to give him an extension, like do I want to give up anything for him? Like you just – you just made it far more unlikely that you're going to get traded now. Yeah, it does seem like you did. Or get that extension. Yeah. I, I just don't understand why this is the play. It does seem like any team that acquires him is going to basically ask him right. to do exactly the same thing the Suns are going to ask him to do, and right? And not pay him. And not pay him, not give him the contract. I'm mean, like, okay, the thing you didn't want to do for them with the money that you didn't want to earn, we're going to ask you to do the same thing for us, and we're not giving you an extension. So I'm not really sure what his end game here is at this point with this because he's I, not. 
Well, I do think somebody will somebody will want him though. Like he is a very productive player, um, and you know, there's like teams that he's been before. Like you know, like the Lakers could use a guy like that. The Heat could use a guy like that. Philly. There's a lot of there's a lot of teams that find his skill set, you know, valuable. The question is, do they will they take a chance on him, knowing that he was unhappy with the Suns? Yeah. I think I think eventually they will. All right, Ramona, good stuff. Good stuff. It's always good to hear your voice. Hope you're well. If you're ever in Phoenix, give us a call. Look, look us, us up. up. Yep, we'll we'll come down to the arena. I'm always in, I'm always in Phoenix in spring training. That that is every single year I go out there with my girls. That's like my favorite thing to do. Dodger so, fan, right? I will definitely be there soon. Right, Dodger but fan. I, know, I go to everything. Oh, okay. I, like my, I love going to the Cubs games. I go to Dodger games. I go to all the different. All the different ballparks out there. It's like my favorite time of year, all right. spring training. Dinner, so I'm, dinner I'm there on us. When, you, when you're out here for spring training, dinner on us. All right? Sounds Write good. it down. All right. Mark it down. You got a deal. Got it. All right. Sounds good. All Ramona, right. Thanks, boys. Thanks, Ramona. We appreciate it. Ramona Shelburne from ESPN.com and ESPN, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. When we come back here on the Burns and Gambo Show, yes, there have been some struggles with the Cardinals. No, it's not perfect with the Cardinals. There are some things they have been good at. Can they continue to be good at them? We'll try to answer that question next on Burns and Gambo. Uh, two poll questions for you today on this Ruby Tuesday. So let's turn things over to Eric Ruby, our afternoon contributor here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, an update on two poll questions that we trotted out there at 2.30. Let's go Suns first on this one since we're talking Cardinals in the second. Ruby, what you got for us? Well, it's only three games into the season, but the biggest question surrounding the Suns this year is CP3 and why it seems like he's taken more of a step back. Now, do you think it's more by design or is it more father time saying it's time? It's, uh, it's got to be father time. It's it's def it's definitely more father time. I, I think there is a little design to it, but I think there's a design because of father time. So I don't think there's a design every time he goes to take a shot that the design is to miss it. Well, no, that's not the design, but certainly to de-emphasize him a little bit from the offense and not have him shoot as many shots as he's shooting because he's not shooting that much. He's not making that much. But he's not shooting that much. It's father time. It's it it's undefeated. It gets. I don't care what those LeBron commercials say where he's going up against Father Time. Father Time wins and so I think it might be beating Chris Paul on this one. Survey says? Survey says 58.6% agree with you guys going with Father Time. 41.4% going by design. Let's get some football in here though, even though it's a Suns day. The NFC West, well it deserves a poll question because it's downright weird. Seahawks are in first place now, but by the end of the season who will be in first place? 49ers. I'm still going with the 49 49ers, I think we'll ask this question at least two more times before the end of the season because something will happen on a Sunday that'll make us want to ask this question again. Um, but I'm still sticking with the 49ers. I, I still think they've got the most talent of any team in the division. You guys are sticking with the people again. 42.3% going with CMC and the 49ers in second place. 33.1%. For all that's happened, it's the Arizona Cardinals. In third place, 15.1%. It's the Rams. And at 9.5%. In first place currently, they're in last place in the poll, the Seahawks. That cracks me up. That the team the Seahawks are in last has place? been the best team in this division, and they're in last place. That, that it's just something that you cracks just, me up. You just don't believe it, right? You just like there's no way. 
No, Geno Smith's your quarterback. No, but you know what? There's been enough that's gone on in the NFL this year between your New York Giants, the Minnesota Vikings, the 5-2 and two New York Jets. Right? Like, somebody out of that batch has to be for real. Right? They can't all be phony. Give me the teams again. Seahawks, Giants, Giants Jets, Vikings. Somebody in that group has got to be legitimately good and can't be phony. Got to be. Are they, are they all faking it? Are they all paper champions? You know what I mean? Okay. Let, let me, okay, you got five teams there. I said f- four. You said the Seattle, the Jets, the Giants, and the, Vikings. the Vikings. Okay, four teams. I'll tell you right now, none of those teams are going to the championship game. Okay, so you think they are all fake then? Not, not fake. Like, I don't think fake's the word. I don't think they're that good. Okay. Like, I would, like, I'd bet a car payment right now. None of those teams are playing in the AFC or NFC championship game. I probably game. wouldn't bet the alternative. I'm just, I'm just being devil's advocate here and, and saying, you know, if they're... I could make the playoffs. Oh, I'm sure I, they'll probably... And maybe even win a game, but can most they... Most of can, them will probably make the Will playoffs. they be in the championship game? No. No. I tend to think none of them are that good either, but it seems like out of that group, you just got to play the odds and think one of them will be good. Right. You know, one of them will end up being like sticking and actually being legit. I just don't know which one it is because they all seem like they, and yeah, fake is probably the wrong word, but not real, which is also a definition of fake, right? I mean, it's like they're not real. It just doesn't seem like it's really, like they're really that like they're good. Just, like they're better than they were supposed to be, but they're not like they're not really great teams. Well, the Cardinals are certainly in the mix of teams that are, and we talked about this earlier with the Bears winning last night, the Patriots losing. Seems like half of the NFL right now is three and four, and that includes the Arizona Cardinals, who are three and four, who certainly saved their season with that win against the Saints. Had they lost that game, we're talking about draft picks. We're talking about you know where they end up in the NFL draft. We're talking about a season that's going to move on without them. Instead, they won and. They're still relevant, which is maybe the best thing you can say about them right now. They remain relevant in the conversation. They may remain relevant in the race. To sit here and say, though, that they there haven't been good things that they've done would be false. There have been good things they've done, especially on the defensive side of the football. They have certainly done enough to remain relevant, even though it hasn't looked exactly the way we thought it was going to look yeah, this it was, year. Uh, in, on, in the AZ Central, they had a story today to talk about some of the intangible things that you know kind of popped up for the Cardinals. And one of them was defensive touchdowns, points off turnovers. It says, entering this game, they lead the NFL with four defensive returns for touchdowns. Two v interception to via fumble and their third overall in total total points off of takeaways with 42 so that's a big factor in helping you win football games when your defense steps up and not only gives you good field position but can put points on the board like it's great when your defense gets you three and out now instead of being inside your 20 yard line you start a drive at the 35 or the 40 or you get a big stop and maybe you start at midfield like it's huge for a defense to give you good field position. But when a defense could score some points, that's another thing. Another thing is just the turnover differential, right? Kyler Murray's not turning the ball over. Yeah. Cardinals have forced 10 turnovers through seven games. That's the fifth most in the NFL, but they've also only turned the ball over five times, which is tied for the second fewest. So they're forcing turnovers, and they're not turning the ball over themselves. And we always know this. I mean, Ron Jaworski was a big... when we Jaworski used to join us all the time. He was really big on that turnover differential, and a lot of people still are, and that's a, a big factor in how teams win and lose games. Yeah, the only teams that are better in net 
turnover difference than the Cardinals. There's only two of them, Philadelphia and Dallas. That's it. Cardinals are third in uh, in that number and that stat in the NFL. And of all the ones that were listed in the article, I'll be honest, that the, that is the one that to me is the most sustainable. That to me is the one that's because like your defense scoring points for you, that's hard, right? That's that's hard. It's hard to count on that. It's hard to go into a game and say, hey, Murph, make sure you get a pick six today. We really need you. Yeah. You know, hey, hey, Zach Allen, make sure you get that fumble recovery and, and make sure you take it to the house for a touchdown. It's it's hard to expect that or demand that. Out of you. It's been nice that it's happened. Don't get me wrong. But to think that's going to be a factor every single week is, is kind of wishing for something that I don't think is sustainable. Turnover differential? Now that's sustainable. That's something you can continue to use to your advantage. And you're right. It's not just the defense forcing turnovers. It's the offense not turning not the ball turning over. over. And as inept at times as this offense have been, they have been really good at protecting the football. There hasn't been a lot the Cardinals offense has been good at. They've been really good at protecting the football. Yeah, yeah. Another another one is fourth down conversions. No team has attempted more fourth down conversions than the Cardinals. 23 times, Yeah. no team has converted more at 13. So they got a 56.5% conversion rate. I got me an issue with this yeah, one let's a go. little bit. Well, it, it's the reason why they're so good on fourth downs is they they're, so, go for it. they're so bad on third downs. Yeah. Well, they're, they're so bad on second downs. They're, they're, they're putting themselves in a position where... you're behind. Where, a lot of times or, or when you're, you're ahead, you don't want right. to risk giving somebody a good field position. Or, or you got a kicker you don't trust. Right. I mean, this, this to me is kind of a... It's, it's factors. It's, it's, it's a hidden... It's a little bit of a hidden stat here. Yeah. Oh, they're so good on fourth downs. Well, let's think about why they're so good on fourth downs. Because they're bad on third downs. And because they're chasing points. And because they have a kicker they don't trust. Or at least they did for a couple of weeks. I don't like that they're that good on fourth downs. I appreciate... Cliff having a little bit of a gunslinger mentality and saying, hey, let's go for it. But I don't know if that's a reflection of a great football you team. Don't that live and die with having no. to you don't want to live and die with having no, to convert fourth do downs not. to help you win football games. That's not a good, That's not where you want to be. You want to get ahead in games and not need to go for it on fourth down. And then the last one, success on two-point attempts. They are five of seven on two-point tries overall this season, about a 71%. That's one of the better conversions rates in the NFL. It's been that's been good, but that also, you know, you're chasing, right? Some of that is you're chasing. It wasn't the case against the Saints. You were just trying to put an even number up there on the board yeah. when you went for two. But a lot of times you're I mean that Raiders game you were successful going for two in that game because you had to. Had to. You were chasing. That you was were the desperate. Murray, I'm going to run all over the place. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. You were desperate. Yeah, so some intangible numbers kind of working in their favor. Yeah. You do want to remind you here on the Burns and Gambo show. You can join Kona Big Wave this Sunday. It's a Red Sea Road Rally as the Cardinals take on the Minnesota Vikings. Enjoy great prizes, ticket giveaways, food specials all game long this Sunday at Phillies off of Priest Drive in. In Tempe. The NFL trade deadline fast approaching. It's coming up real soon. Cardinals, are they going to make any more moves? And if so, who would they go after? That's coming up. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. We had Steve Kime on with us yesterday as we welcomed you back in on this Tuesday edition of Burns and Gambo. And, uh, of course, with Steve and the trade deadline coming up in the NFL on November 1st, we asked him, one move in the books, Robbie Anderson, done. You got another one in you? You know, there's always going to be uh, that potential, especially, um, you know, again, with the, with the number of players that we have injured, uh, some of them coming back. Depending on the timeline that they're going to come back, it's a... 
it's a lot of moving parts. But but if, if there's an opportunity again, as you guys know, we'll take we'll take a shot. Which is an interesting answer because I would think the toughest job Steve Kime would have this year is figuring out whether your team is good enough this season mm. to sacrifice draft picks in the name of it. You know, like, are, is it really? Is this year, are we really good enough that it's worth giving up a fifth, a fourth, or even going big and like a pair of firsts for a Bradley Chubb type, right? Is is this the year for us to do that? Are we really that good or are we better off holding on to our picks and kind of sitting this one out? It's, it's... And, and while well, you think about it, no, because there's two it, ways to look at it. There is the... We always say there's like there's three days in a draft. You don't want to really give up a first or a second day pick unless you're going for it all. Mm-hmm. But you might give up a third day pick if you feel like that could get you over the hump and maybe give you just a uh, a chance to get to the playoffs. You know, so I do think like you know there's a difference between giving up a sixth round pick or a fifth round a sixth rounder that could turn into a fifth, sure, or or just a sixth outright compared to a second round pick or a third round pick or even a fourth round pick. So there is that difference. And is it a player that is a rental or is it a player that you could keep for a number of years and, oh, I'm going to get this guy, but I'm going to keep him for a while. Yeah, and what I was going to say is, in some ways, the Cardinals have already kind of made their declaration, right? They traded for Robbie Anderson a week ago. That they, you know, it would, That was it, out of desperation. To a certain extent, yeah, but also it was a move where they felt like it was a season worth saving. I mean, Robbie Anderson's a good player, has put up decent numbers, right? I, I mean, he, he's not costing them a lot of money, but certainly he's a guy that that if they wanted to, they could have just cashed it in and and gone with Greg Dortch the, the rest of the year. And yeah, they lost Hollywood Brown. They could be playing AJ Green right now if they wanted to be. But they felt like there was enough of this season worth saving that they gave up a draft pick for Robbie Anderson. I'm glad they, they did. Yeah, yeah. If they wanted, and so in some ways they've already said this season is worth saving. This season, it, it's still worth trying for us that we would give up a draft pick for Robbie Anderson it, it, when they just could have played A.J. Green. If, if they you lost to. that game to New Orleans, even though those picks aren't this coming season, some people might have said, ah, you're giving up, you know, future draft picks for a, you know, for a player that, you know, is not going to help you very much. And, this I, year. and I don't know if people would have been wrong to say that. Like if, if they, they had lost the New Orleans lost, game, I, I would bet that one of our topics on Friday, if they had lost to the Saints on Thursday, would have been, why the hell are you giving up draft picks for Robbie Anderson? This season's right. done. This season's over. What are you doing? You know, I'm sure we would have had that conversation at some point, but because it's not, you're still kind of in it. Now, what they do, I don't know. I know that on ESPN.com today, they speculated they had each one of their NFL beat writers, and for the Cardinals, it's Josh Weinfuss, okay. speculate on one player from each team that could be moved before the deadline, which is on November 1st. Josh went with A.J. Green. I can't imagine nobody's going to be any anybody. interest in A.J. No. Green. No, I, mean, I don't think you can get anything for A.J. I don't think you can get anything for A.J. Green. You know, if, if, if anything, you're looking for a 7-3. You couldn't get anything for Andy Isabella. Right, I mean, you gotta. You, if you don't want AJ Green, you're probably just gonna cut him and let him go hook on with somebody else. But man, maybe a seventh round pick, maybe yeah. somebody's all right, you know. But I doubt that anybody's giving up anything for AJ. Eight, there were three players that 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 dressed and didn't play in this game this week. Okay, mm-hmm. your backup quarterback, your other backup quarterback, and you, and AJ Green. Yeah. That's it. I just don't think he has that kind of value. Right. I'm, I'm with you. I don't think he has that kind of value. I, I, I looked at the whole list. 
I took a screenshot of three different teams with three different players because they were the only pass rushers on the list. Okay. If you're thinking that's something the Cardinals need to do. The Raiders could trade defensive end Clellan Farrell, who's been a big disappointment, but he did get a half sack with Chandler Jones on oh, Sunday. Oh, he did, huh? His first half sack of the season, uh, splitting it with Chandler Jones. So he's one pass rusher, maybe. Uh, Terrell Basham from the Cowboys, close to returning from injured reserve after a quad bruise in the season opener. Cowboys are deep at pass rush, so maybe they would be looking at something for him, possibly. The return probably wouldn't be great. He's in the final year of his contract. And then a name we've talked about before, and that's Robert Quinn of the Chicago Bears. There's a lot of speculation that he can be had. A lot of speculation. Wow. That Robert Quinn could be had. Now, I don't, yeah. He's got an $18 million cap hit on the books next year. So you're going to have to account for that. If you, so that, that might make it kind of difficult, but he had 18 and a half sacks in 2021. Um, so that there's still something there. And, and that seems to be a guy that a lot of people think is going to be on the move at some point. Yeah. I, I, I don't think the Cardinals would make a play for him. Age, he's uh, uh, he's had a bad back and has a lot of money into in, in there. So I'm gonna, I would play the blue oyster cult right now. Don't fear the reaper and say no to Quinn if he becomes available. I don't think that's a guy that they would get. Okay, there's a bigger fish out there when it comes to pass rush, and that's Bradley Chubb. A lot of speculation that he's going to be available. In fact, Adam Schefter reported, I believe over the weekend, sorry, Mitch, we're talking about your team, um, that the Broncos have fielded... <laughs> no, go ahead, play it. No, it's fine. It's, it's fine. Play it. Just to scratch the itch. There we go. Okay, so Robert Quinn, no. We're not playing it for Bradley Chubb, though. We were playing this for Robert no, I Quinn. Oh, you are. Oh, this is you commenting on your yeah, Broncos trading Bradley Chubb. Chubb. Yeah, okay. No. I'm counting this towards Robert Quinn and the Bears and what Gamble said. Okay. Bradley Chubb. Um, I just get it ready, and I'll, I'll tell you when to, when to play and when not to, as, as, as Bernsey gives me guys. Well, this is All the right. last guy I'm talking about. Okay, good. Give me this guy. Bradley Chubb. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Gambo. Well, play it? Oh, okay. There you go. You're going to have to give up two first-round picks, and you have to pay him $30 million. So I don't think that Bradley Chubb is a guy. See, I was on to something. <laughs> All right, hold on. Cut it, cut it down. Who was the Raider guy you were asking me about? Clellan Farrell. There you go. No. I don't rule him out, too. All right. Was there another yeah. one? Was it a Dallas guy? Uh-huh. I don't know about the Dallas guy yet. I can't give you an answer. Oh, okay. I, would, I would I would not Nothing play. There. I would say, I mean, mate, you know, d- d- the only thing with Chubb is that you're going to have to like it's two first round picks and a lot of like it's two it's a lot of like they like him, mm-hmm. but it's a lot of money and it's two first. Yeah, and it's a position that you yeah that you would need to find a long term answer at because you don't have one. Yeah, you know, a true edge rusher, you don't have a long term answer at that position. And that's one of those, like, like you give up two first-round picks for Bradley Chubb. You pay mm-hmm. him $30 million. But you know he's going to be an elite pass rusher in this league, right? right. I, I mean, that's, that's they, there's a need there. There's a need for the Cardinals to address that. And the one thing Steve Keim is better at than maybe anything else is trading for established players. Yeah. He seems to do very, very well at that. Uh, so I understand the cost is very, very high. But think about what you're getting in return. Premier player. Yes. Premier position. Yep. With a contract that would lock him up for several years. I, I, I'm not saying it's a no-brainer, but I'm saying it's something you got to 
think about a little bit because of the position he plays. Definitely no on Quinn and definitely no on the Raiders guy. Chubb, I just think that Chubb is going to cost you so much in money and picks. But if there was one guy that you would say, okay, this is the guy that they would go after, I think the guy that they would go after is Chubb. So I'm going to say no on the Raiders guy, no on Quinn because of the back injury. and But like Chubb is, yeah, I mean, just... He's good. It's just, man, you're going to have to pay. You're going to have to give up a lot of draft pick compensation and then pay the guy. So let's keep him in the maybe category. Eventually, well, we played Blue Oyster Cult. I know. I was just liking, I was liking the song there. <laughs> I'm going Blue Oyster Cult on the Raiders guy and on Robert Quinn. Oh, God. I'm glad we... I'm glad we no, we are now playing Blue Oyster Cult because Gambo likes the song, no, not because no, he's no, ruling no, guys I'm, out. I'm ruling out two of the three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ruling out two of the three. Don't stop being you, Gambo. I'm no, ruling, I'm ta- but I'm telling you who I'm, I'm ruling I'm, out. I'm hearing that, but you specifically call for Blue Oyster, call for Bradley Chubb. Make up your mind. I wanted to play the song. Yeah. I, figured we, I figured we'd get it queued up, and then the timing wasn't right. We were off. I wanted to get it queued up so we could like say a guy and then play the name. All right, that's fine. When we come back on Burns and Gambo, Suns, Warriors, yeah, it's not even November yet. We don't care. It's a big game. We're looking forward to it. We're talking about it next on Burns and Gambo. Gambo.